0: Listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast! In the Broadcast Basement.
1: I'm going to shock you this week. I'm going to I'm going to set you back. You're you're sitting here at my 9-foot homemade oak bar, Mike, and you're ready to do another 30 minutes of Windy City Slam, and I am going to just make you fall off your bar stool. I saw the AEW match that finished off the show last week. Cody Rhodes, Wardlow, people are on Twitter. They're all hyped about it. What a great match. Give me, give me in 10 seconds what your opinion is of the match. I'm sure you loved it, right?
0: Yeah, I thought it was really good. The yeah. storytelling, uh, obviously we knew Cody was going to win. Right. And that moonsault was absolutely amazing.
1: Absolutely amazing. And I'm going to say right now, the two guys in the ring looked like they did an amazing job. But you want to know something? AEW totally muffed that match. And I'm going to tell you why I okay. hate it. I, I, here's the thing. I'm watching the match. And I came down with a stomach flu last week. And so I watched nothing but wrestling for like two days. I was on WWE Network. I was catching up on all of my Raws. And I'm not even like flipping. Like I'm watching like the whole show. Because I have <laughs> nothing to do except lay on the couch and shake. While somebody brings me some hot soup. Like I was a disaster for two days. I watched the AEW match. The rhodes Warlow match. The story in the ring was that. Cody's getting his butt kicked and gets busted open Mm -hmm. and there's this massive momentum change and it sets up the triumphant finish to the match. But the problem is the big moment in the match where he gets cut open, the big moves that start to show that he may not win the match, the beating that is being inflicted on him is in a little side screen during the commercials. It was something that while I was watching it, I said to myself, w w e would have never let that happen. there are they It's almost as if the guys in the ring and the guys figuring out the commercials, know, we need to be back in time for this moment, or we need to get this moment done before we go to the break. a e w missed that. It was it was it one it was a blemish on what I thought was a great match. But I was watching it, and for me sitting on the couch, I was like, Oh, you screwed it up! You don't go and cut to that split screen thing with the little bitty thing in that moment, because then Jim Ross has to come back and explain everything that happened. And it would have been much better for the build up for that to have happened after the commercial break or before, it, having busted open and like rolling on the ground, mm-hmm. and then go to some cheap moves and stuff while you're getting. It. They ran like five commercials in that match during the biggest, I would say, four to five minutes of the match before the ending.
0: I can't disagree with that. I mean, uh, they're having they have a habit on AEW Dynamite of putting some bigger moments on during the break uh, a few weeks ago, Nyla Rose was putting people through a table and that happened during a commercial. I think the infatuation with them trying not to have people change the channel to NXT is kind of ruining some of these moments. And it's kind of sad to see because they do have a great product and, and yeah, I understand some of the reasoning, maybe why they don't want people to change, but at the same time, if the product's good enough, they're going to stick.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. And I- Look, it was it's a gaffe that I don't see the competition doing, and you're trying to beat the competition. No matter how good you think your product is, if you're the new kid on the block, the, the, the crown jewel is WWE and WWE programming. They've been doing it the right way for a long time. You can't try to reinvent the wheel all the time, and you can't take away from the bit. That is your marquee matchup. No matter what happens on that show that night, on Wednesday night, that is the matchup, and that is your thing you want to trend on Twitter. And you I felt like imagine if like when when the rock faced mankind in that crazy show and, and, and like they give the put the belt on mankind back during the Monday Night Wars, if like in the middle at the strongest moment of the match, there would have been like a progressive commercial and two car commercials. And the general came on with Shaquille O'Neal like the, it, it would have ruined everything for you. Yeah, totally. You talked though, to one of the guys in the match, though, right?
0: Yeah, uh, Cody Rhodes did a uh, AEW teleconference slash webinar uh, this past week, and we got a little bit of audio coming up for you from that. With him talking a little bit about Chicago.
1: A direct question from Mike Pankow from Windy City Slam. Yes, indeed. With the man Cody Rhodes. Okay, that's coming up here in a moment. Before we get to that, let's get to what's going on right here locally in Chicago because that's Windy City Slam's bread and butter. What's up?
0: Yeah, over the weekend, we had some happenings going on. Uh, AAW's Art of War at Logan Square Auditorium Friday night. And Mance Warner had his championship celebration as advertised. Had a big beer keg in the ring. Was going to celebrate with everybody by drinking beer. And as called last week, Sammy Callahan did interrupt the celebration. Sammy gave him a pile driver, left him laying. A uh, couple matches later, they decided to have an impromptu championship match. So Sammy wanted his title back. So Mance gave him the, the title shot. Mance wanted to retain that title. So he, uh, he fended off the attack from Sammy and retained the championship there. Also, he had TJ Perkins defeating ACH by submission in a battle of former WWE cruiserweights. It was a heck of a match from all accounts. And in the main event, we had the besties in the world, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett retaining the AAW Tag Team Championships by defeating A.R. Fox and Myron Reed. And one other item from that show, Fred Yehi won a four-way match for the number one contendership, and he will face Mance Warner for the AAW Championship next month. Shifting over to Chicago-style wrestling, that was also Friday night in Franklin Park. AEW's uh, resident Luchasaurus had a hard-fought match with Chicago veteran Marche Rocket. By all accounts, hard hitting, very good match. And in fact, Marche put some clips on his social media of him just getting chopped and beaten up by Luchasaurus. So yeah, he knew he had a fight from Luchasaurus that night. And then happening from that show, in terms of a big title change, Sky Blue defeated Ellie to become the new CSW Women's Champion. And that's the second straight CSW show where they changed hands for the women's title. The previous month, Ellie beat Missa Kate. So they're playing a little uh, hot potato with their teto right now. Uh, But Sky Blue is somebody a lot of people like, a lot of respect for her. And then also, the next show for Chicago Style Wrestling will be March 13th. Former WWE and ECW legend Rhino will be in attendance on that show. And one more show real quick before we move on. POW Entertainment with Saturday Night in Bridgeview. Tyler Sullivan retaining the POW Championship over veteran Vic Capri with help from a person in a hood who turned out to be a guy named Kyle Blanchard. And I guess now Kyle is helping Tyler out. And after the match, they use dry ice and Capri's eyes to blind him. Oof.
1: You know, I I, I think that'd be a great character name. Person in a hood. You know? <laughs> Just like a guy who comes out in a hood. Oh, my God, it's person in a hood. Like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. <laughs> All right, so you sat down with Cody. And, uh, and and what was the question that you asked him? Do you remember exactly how
0: you worded it to him? Um, Well, I wanted to gauge um, his loyalty to Chicago and a- and what AEW's um, dealings with Chicago were and all that. And uh, he got into uh, for about a couple minutes talking about how, um, you know, all in was a huge event for them and how they're going to be loyal to the city in the future with AEW. All right. Mike
1: Pankow laid it on thick in the hopes that Cody Rhodes would be like, "Yes, yeah, Chicago, I love it. And I love me some Windy City Slam. I hope I hear him say that in there somewhere. Here's Cody Rhodes. I mean, Chicago was the
2: first place that uh, me, Matt, Nick, with All In, wanted to you know we wanted the best chance to succeed, and we thought Chicago would be the city for it. And we, we technically weren't even in Chicago as we were in Hoffman Estates and Schaumburg uh, with the Sears Center. But Chicago is is much bigger than that that one area, which is why with Revolution coming up and Wind Trust uh, being the home for that one and sold out for that show, there's something really unique about Chicago and, and, and Chicago, I, I think people think it's always been like this in wrestling and it, it hasn't always been the hottest bed, uh, for wrestling. Uh, just historically, if you look at it, I'm not sure, uh, where it started. I'm not sure if it started with the, the WrestleMania that they did at all state, uh, where especially the crowd level of involvement shifted from, it, it became, they have their own identity, a Chicago crowd, just like Philly's wrestling crowd has always had its own identity. Chicago all of a sudden has its own identity as a crowd, which is so fun as a competitor or a performer, but you can never, I'm a, I'm one of the most loyal people on earth. If anything, that's, you know, for, for all my, you know, bad traits, my best trait is I'm in, in incredibly loyal to a fault. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be loyal to Chicago throughout the entire future of AEW because that was the place we got things started. It really was the spark for something that people still are arguing isn't real in terms of how popular wrestling is across the globe, uh, which means that Chicago is always going to have our, our flag in the sand, and I hope we can give Chicago the best possible
1: shows. So what's your take? Th- that seems pretty sincere to me. It seems like a guy who really seems to like Chicago. They seem to be here all the time.
0: Yeah, they're here a lot.
1: <laughs> Do they? I mean, and, and they also seem to bleed a little bit into some of the local stuff that's happening. Every once in a while, their their people are showing up at some of the more local events, right? Yeah, well,
0: Luchasaurus. In fact, we just had Britt Baker over at Warrior Wrestling a little over a week ago. So yeah, some of their talents have some freedoms to work some independent shows. And then it's kind of a cool thing to for them to continue getting reps and continue getting work Because AEW obviously is only one show a week most weeks, other than like when they do their pay per views. So that's kind of a cool little uh, perk that they have with their job there. Do they get
1: introduced when they're at these local shows as AEW's Britt Baker or something? Like, I mean, do they they carry that moniker the same way that if I go up to, I go into Crestwood on Thursday nights here, I'm sure it's starting up soon, Mm -hmm. where they're going to be doing the Thursday night wrestling that they do during the minor league baseball game. Right. And, all of a sudden a former WWE legend shows up and he's throwing that out there. And like, you know, he's like, yeah, WWE's own, you know, Mr. Ass is going to be there. Mm -hmm. Right. And and do they, when they come out at these local shows, is Britt Baker championing championing that she's from AEW? Yeah, they do. um... Because she should be. Like AEW should be like, if you're going to do other shows, we want you repping AEW. And don't don't get yourself killed out there because you're one of our products. Exactly. Right.
0: Yes, and in fact, I think promotions take advantage of that, too, to kind of bring fans to their shows. I mean, obviously, they were hyping up big at Chicago Star Wrestling that Luchasaurus from AEW will be in attendance, and we're, gonna, we're expecting a sellout crowd, and they did sell out their little uh, um, American Legion Hall in uh, Franklin Park this past week, so I thought that was kind of a cool little thing.
1: So explain this to me like I'm a noob, Mike. <laughs> have people moving from one promotion into another and you have a big name like AEW is it possible that when those people show up, let's say Britt Baker shows up and she's uh, and she's at one of these local promotions and she's Britt Baker from AEW and she's building her name at AEW, is it is it even possible for her to lose clean because she's supposed to be heads and tails better because she's with AEW Can she ever lose a match clean or does it have to have some reason why she loses if she even loses at all? Is there a certain protection that's put over her because she's from that bigger name and AEW doesn't want like Joe Schmo in in some weird mask that he bought down at the five and dime in his first match like going over?
0: Yeah, you bring up a really good point there. I mean, most in the events where they have like these former WWE or even like a current AEW star or whatever, those guys usually go over. They usually win the match or if they don't go over, they look really, really good and they're fighting like usually one of the top guys in their company. Like I said, Luchasaurus fought Marche Rocket. Marche Rocket's a guy that's really, really good. He's a veteran. He's been in impact wrestling. He's a guy that people can trust in terms of being in the ring with someone like an AEW star like Luchasaurus. Or in Britt Baker's case, he was in the ring with a whole bunch of top women's talent like Tessa Blanchard and Taya Valkyrie and, and, and Kylie Ray and people like that. Uh, yeah, even though she did not um, get to the final stage of the women's war of attrition match, she still looked good. She was still strong. She was working with quality people as well. So I think that's very important for those AEW talents, if they are working side shows, to look strong.
1: Uh, and I, I'm going to follow up on that one because you said a name that, that pops right out of me, okay? So you got Tessa Blanchard. You've talked about her a lot. You think she's great. Uh, you make me want to watch her matches because of how much that you just seem to admire What she does, but she's not on one of these big promotions. So Britt Baker ends up in a match with her one-on-one when they're promoting the thing. Does Britt have the advantage where she probably goes over because she's the big name? Like, does she dictate that? Or is Tessa big enough because of all that she's done here in Chicago where it'd be okay for her to win?
0: Oh, I think Tessa's big enough to to be the one that actually wins. The Even match. if
1: she doesn't have that big those big three letters, the AEW or the WWE in front of her.
0: Yes, I think okay. Tessa does uh, supersede that. She does. She's that good. Okay. Well, when is she coming to a big one then? Well, she she is currently the Impact World Champion, and that's a men's championship, and she's holding that right now. So she's getting a pretty good push in Impact Wrestling, and you can find that weekly on Friday nights on Access TV. That's uh, Mark Cuban's old. Uh, Cable channel, uh, which was once known as HD net and some, uh, cable companies around here get it. Some don't, it's kind of hard to find sometimes, but that's the perfect example.
1: Yeah. Like what you just said, like impact may be an incredible product. Right. But at some point you think that, the, that she'd be like, okay, I'm ready for the next big thing. You know? I mean, I can't imagine a wrestler comes in and says, "I don't want to be in WrestleMania one day," right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine that. Like, did I, like one day? This is where I want to be. Yeah, like I want a WWE twenty four seven about me.
0: Yeah, Tessa Blanchard, Charlotte Flair is a dream match at WrestleMania. I, I mean, would think so, you know, so right? Or in AEW, I'm sure is also salivating over the possibilities of getting her talent. Plus, Tully Blanchard actually works with them too. So, right,
1: okay, very, very cool. All right, so we've covered a ton so far. We've had Cody Rhodes on. We've talked about what's going on locally. We covered AEW's match with Cody and Wardlow, which I thought that they should have done a better job at. What else is floating around your head? Because I know right now one of the things that's bothering me is that I read that Vince McMahon is considering the idea of making a deal with ESPN where now all of a sudden you'd have to pay money for the pay-per-views again. We're mm-hmm. going back to these 50 or $60 pay-per-views. If he does that... I don't care how funny he thinks right along is or how in depth 24 seven is. I have no need for the WWE network anymore. Like I would walk. Do you think, I mean, do you think he gets that? Or do you think that wrestling fans like the WWE network so much they would still pay 9.99 and not get the big shows?
0: Yeah. I think blind loyalty will only carry you so far, especially with the more casual fans have them pay $60 for like a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania. And then on top of the 9.99 a month, I I think that's kind of a crazy uh, idea because I would just, I would
1: invest my $60 into WrestleMania or Royal. I go back to what I used to do, which is not watch all of the pay-per-views because unlike you, you could put me more into the casual fan category. Mm -hmm. I've always said that to you. Okay. I get into it. I'll watch a ton of it and then I'll disappear for a month because life gets busy. I got three kids for crying out loud. There was a time where I watched all this stuff, but it's impossible for everybody to watch all of this. And I will go back to what I used to do, which is, what's the big event? Oh, well, I want to see the Royal Rumble this year, or I want to see WrestleMania. And there's a reason for it, because there's some sort of marquee matchup. But you're not dragging me in the, for for all these other events. It's just not happening. I'm going to wait till the thing is out, like, illegally on YouTube, or somebody's, like, streaming it somewhere where I can just watch the thing. Like, that's what I'm going to end up doing. Or I'm going to read about it, or I'm going to wait for, like, some kind of, like, like, so the replay of a good match will be out there eventually. Like, I never got to see CM Punk's thing with John Cena when he leaves with the title in mm-hmm. the Money in the Bank, right, in Chicago? Yes. But I was able to find it within, within 48 hours. It was with all, all the wording was reversed on the TV screen because it was pirated, but uh-huh. there were, like, 12 different versions of it out on YouTube, and I didn't have to pay anything for it. So you're going to get me reverting back to that rather than giving you $60 for all of your pay-per-views. That's yeah, insane.
0: I cannot disagree with you there. I mean, it's, it's not a good thing, I think. For a lot, a lot of these people will, will they'll cheat. They will pirate this stuff and it, it's out there. There are websites that do it. Not that I advocate that or anything, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Right.
1: It, right. It, people are going to go and do it. And I, and I wonder if he does make that deal. Does that signify that Vince doesn't want to admit that his, his own streaming service didn't turn into what it want. He wanted it to be, but that's almost like an admission of defeat because now you're just taking money. You're like a, somebody who started a company. Like, think of it this way. If you had a startup company mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, we were going to be millionaires, but you know, we're not going to be millionaires. This didn't work out, but somebody's offering us 500,000 to buy the company and we can move on and do something else. And on, on a bigger scale, we're talking, he's like, this is going to be worth a billion. It's not worth a billion, but ESPN is going to give me 10 or 20 million for it, for these pay-per-views. Yeah. You take that. Okay. And because you couldn't do what your original vision was, I would see it as defeat for the network if he ended up doing this.
0: Yeah. And in a way that could be defeat, but here's the thing. They're not losing money at all. I mean, they're making a ridiculous amount of money, and it's mostly from their TV deals. Like Fox is paying them a billion dollars over five years for SmackDown, which I long. think is
1: crazy because yeah. it's not good enough for a billion dollars.
0: And then you,
1: you it's have, not, and then it's you have really to sh- not. It's the third best product that <laughs> WWE puts out behind Raw and NXT. It's yeah. it, it's it's not.
0: It has kind of dropped in quality the last few weeks behind Raw. You're absolutely right. Oh yeah, and then uh, also the Fiend the is the Saudi only good thing money. on it. Huh? Yep. Yeah. the Saudi money as well. Yeah. So like the big shows effect. We could segue right into Super Showdown real quick, and that's uh, coming up Thursday this week on the WWE Network. Um, if you're at work, just throw the WWE Network on; you could get it live. Right, uh,
1: Goldberg's gonna lose to the Fiend. I, uh, I'm I'm calling that right now, just based upon their interaction at the show when he gets the spear in on SmackDown. Yeah, yes. on SmackDown, he gets he gets an opportunity to get his spear in. Okay, he shows he's Goldberg. He gets himself a little heat. The Fiend disappears. There'll be some sort of trickery, and that's how he'll beat Goldberg, but he'll beat Goldberg.
0: There were talks about maybe Goldberg winning that match and the title and facing Roman Reigns in a dream match at WrestleMania. It's a possibility for sure. I mean, I've been wavering on it myself. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good, but then you're killing The Fiend. So why do you want to kill The Fiend uh, because of a a guy that's 50 years old and wrestles like 170 Well, they have
1: a major problem that I've been looking at watching. I mean, like I said, sitting on the couch shaking for two days, watching all the product and everything and catching up on weeks of shows. They have a major problem where they don't have enough marquee matchups to get anybody excited about WrestleMania right now. Their current storylines are not exciting enough. It, it, the Monday Night Messiah versus Kevin Owens is not exciting enough. It doesn't have that oomph that you would expect. Mm-hmm. It, to, it just doesn't have it. I know they it to have it, but it just doesn't. And I don't know what what is going to be their draw because Vince does not have his his big marquee matchups yet. Even, even in the opening phases, he has not developed what that's going to be, you know? And I, I keep wondering, like, is it because we don't have an authority, you know, we don't mm-hmm. have like a, a, Stephanie or a triple H or a Vince or somebody getting involved. Like that's always around. It's always, it always means more the matches at WrestleMania. And right now it just, there's no build. I'm not like, oh, this guy's back or this guy showed up and or what. I don't I haven't seen that yet. And Goldberg doesn't do it for me either. I'm not you can't tell me that that's the that's the matchup that I'm gonna sit there and be like, oh yeah, that's what I want. Goldberg and Roman Reigns exchanging spears for about three minutes and then it's yeah. over. Because that's what it's gonna be.
0: Yeah. And that's probably it's gonna be a maybe five minute stops. Right. And then also at super showdown. Brock Lesnar and Ricochet for the WWE Championship. That's going to be like three to five minute exhibition probably. Uh, unfortunately for Ricochet, he's probably going to lose. Oh, he's gonna He get, might get a nut destroyed. shot revenge. Yeah. You know, he gave Brock the nutshot in the Rumble that helped Drew McIntyre eliminate him. So yeah, I have a bad feeling for Ricochet about that one. And then also... Yay! They're doing the SmackDown Women's Championship at Saudi Arabia. Bailey's defending the title yeah, against Naomi. Deal. That That's is a, big a very deal. big That's deal. deal. That's a very big deal. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I would imagine that Bailey holds on to it. Her character seems to be like the thing right now. Mm-hmm. She's the good. She's she's the bad guy. Okay, so she's she's got to win that because otherwise there's no heat yeah. with whoever goes after it after her.
0: I think she will win by nefarious means and then that will lead to a rematch at WrestleMania from the rumors I'm hearing. Oh so, really?
1: Those two WrestleMania you yeah. think. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Cuz okay. they have
0: a couple of uh, her old uh, storyline friends uh, possibly coming back for that match. So it could be interesting to see how they interplay into the hype for WrestleMania. Okay, very yeah. interesting. And um, let's talk a little bit more about Revolution. That's coming up this weekend in Chicago, Saturday night at the Wintrust Arena downtown. Uh, that's where DePaul University plays their basketball games. It's also in conjunction a little bit with C2E2, which is right down the street at McCormick Place. So AEW is going to have a huge presence at C2E2. There's going to be signings and photo ops on Friday and on Sunday. Uh, guys like Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. And on Sunday, you get MJF. Maybe he'll... he'll um. <laughs> throw some insults at you while you're getting your picture with him. That'd be great. Yeah. So get
1: in line. Uh, your picture is 10 bucks. It's an <laughs> extra $5 for him to call you a name.
0: And, <laughs> and Let's hit this card real quick because uh, there's a couple of really good matches that I'm looking forward to personally. The main event is going to be Chris Jericho defending the AEW championship against Jon Moxley. Chris is the inaugural AEW champion. He hasn't lost it yet. This is probably the biggest threat to his title reign at this point. Moxley is hot right now. Uh, they did the whole tease with the inner circle before he like turned on them. It's been a pretty darn good ongoing story. I'm feeling Moxley might leave Chicago with the championship. I was
1: going to say the same thing to you. I really believe yeah. that's what's going to happen. You eventually have to have a title like that change hands. Mm-hmm. You can't go forever without it. And Jer- so it makes sense.
0: And Jericho's had a nice lengthy reign with it. And he might have another reign coming in th- down the line at some point. The Le Champion gimmick and the uh, inner circle being in his corner have been really, really good for him and for AEW, so I'm, I've been very happy with that title reign for him, but I think Moxley, this will be his moment. Yeah,
1: I believe so, too. I'm and with that, you.
0: And we were talking a little bit earlier about Cody Rhodes and MJF. That'll be the big match uh, at, um, at Revolution. I'm, I'm really liking Cody going over here. I think the story uh, has kind of lent itself to it, him going through a little adversities, you know, the, the, the 10 lashes and then the cage match just to get the match. And I think finally, Cody will get his revenge on MJF here in Chicago. Although you never know what kind of swerves might happen. The moonsault
1: off the top of the cage was incredible.
0: Yes, it was. It was.
1: Re- I mean, like, it really was incredible. And, and you know what made it really cool in that match last Wednesday was he never looked back. Nope. He never once, for a single second, doubted that that everybody be in position. You know, like... And you and you, you watch the replay and you see, like, everybody's making sure that he's not going to die on that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it, it, you know, I, I know this drives you nuts, but I always like to peel back the thing. Like, you see the ref, make sure that he's got everything. Like, he's like, get up, move over here. He's going to die if you don't move over here. Like, it's like one of those things. It's it's like, it's a perfect orchestrated moment. And Warhol was in the perfect position, yes. He was in the perfect spot for it. Everybody landed it great. But it looked Awesome when he came off. It was a and great I, visual. And, yes. and moments like that are always better with JR doing them. Mm-hmm. Like it's the one thing that nobody can duplicate. I don't care who's on the mic for any other promotion. When JR is saying, by God, and he's like, and he's doing that thing, that adds to it. It gives you the tingles when he does a move like that, you get the hair stand up on your arm.
0: Yeah, like undertaker throwing mankind off the cell. I mean, you know, right. if JR's not there, that moment may not have been nearly as big. Yeah. yeah.
1: He nearly broke him in half. <laughs> <laughs> My God, stop the match. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of more announced matches for revolution. We've got Kenny Omega and hangman page, two members of the elite. Um, they're defending the tag team championships against the young bucks at that event. That should be a heck of a match. And right now they're playing a story where Paige is kind of um, feeling kind of left out of the elite, you know, and the Bucks are part of that as well. I mean, they're all friends. And the last few weeks, Paige felt like he's being overshadowed. They're, they're talking over him in promos. And, and all Paige seems to want to do is have a good time and drink a beer for, with a fan at ringside. So it's going to be interesting to see, does he turn on Kenny to, um, to you know, end up costing them the titles? That, that there should be an interesting storyline going into that one as well. And then we have Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes, two WWE veterans uh, going at it in AEW. Hager, of course, used to be known as Jack Swagger, and he stole the nickname The Big Hurt from Frank Thomas. <laughs> they're using that name for him. He's been in MMA the no last worry, couple. Don't worry, I'm of sure
1: years. Frank Thomas's lawyers are already calling. <laughs> All right, the, the Hurt really cares about his nickname.
0: Yeah, he's busy selling his testosterone replacement <laughs> stuff. So, uh obviously, Jake has been doing MMA the last couple of years. He's been doing indie promotions. I'm very excited to see this will actually be his AEW in ring debut. That so should be cool to see. I would imagine those two will put on a good one, and then and Dustin's it, great. Yeah, Dustin's great. And AEW, AEW,
1: like we said this before, they need to have guys that can that that really know what they're doing. But but the other thing is, then you got to split those guys off and have them start working with the young kids so that they start to figure out like how to do things on television a little bit better than how it's coming across. And we've we've gone through that. Remember, you could always go back and listen to old episodes of Windy City Slam. Jonathan Hood was on there a couple of weeks ago, and if you go back and you listen to that episode. He talks about how, like, you know, it just doesn't have the same intensity with these Newark people because they're not used to being on TV. And you need guys like that that are going to be able to show them this is how you deliver.
0: It'll be a great example for the young guys. Yes, yeah, indeed. Definitely. And then uh, there's a couple other matches that are being rumored or talked about that haven't been officially announced yet. Nyla Rose, who just won the women's title a couple of weeks ago over Riho, she could be defending the title on the show. Um, I'm going to guess maybe Chris Statlander, who's also the AAW women's champion will be that number one contender in the opponent for Nyla Rose. They had a little interplay on Dynamite this past week. So I'm thinking that might be a match that you see. And then uh, there's a strong rumor that SCU, um, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky will be facing the Dark Order. And the whole Dark Order storyline is starting to come to a head. um, There's supposedly a guy called the Exalted One or, or something like that. And we don't know who it is. Some people say, oh, maybe Matt, maybe Matt Hardy, uh, if his contract <laughs> from WWE has run out. Oh, that's a possibility. Oh, okay. Although he got his, uh, his ass kicked by uh, Randy Orton yeah, on Yeah, but Raw that would make sense week. because
1: yeah. Vince would want to beat down somebody who wasn't coming back.
0: True. That, that would be.
1: make perfect sense. Yeah. And then Matt Hardy will show up and he'll be totally fine.
0: And there's also another theory that I have. It could be SCU member Christopher Daniels turning on his guys to go with the Dark Order because one of his old characters was the Fallen Angel. So... That might be a possibility too. There might be a couple of swerves here and there. We'll see what happens if that match does indeed happen. Are you going? I will be there. Are
1: yep. you, you going to be in the scrum in the back when they have I the, the talk afterwards? I will be
0: in the middle of that scrum. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe We're going to get some audio from that, right? Yeah, I'm going to. Hopefully, okay. I won't get it with a water bottle this time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got about uh, thirty seconds, buddy. Anything else you want to wrap up before we get out of
0: here? All right, uh, Fusion Pro Wrestling uh, Friday night in uh, Villa Park check them out Black Label Pro is a show in Crown Point Saturday afternoon before Evolution uh, Kylie Ray Warhorse Effie and more and then mo- next Monday night Ted DiBiase making an autograph appearance at Dean's Dugout in Naperville
1: and for a minute I thought you saw I thought you were going to tell me Ted DiBiase was going to be at some event and I was like I'm going to that
0: <laughs> 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 just, just my name